Instructions, Watson. Do nothing at all until your cue. All right, Holmes. Look, look, those lounges going to open the carriage door for us. They're trying to push each other away. Holmes, this is going to be a fight. Oh, dear me, dear me. The poor lady will be jostled. I must protect her. Big way, do you hear, my men? Keep back from this lady. Oh, you now, see? Kindly show respect for my cloth. Never mind your cloth. You watch your nose. My name is Watson, Dr. Watson. And it was my privilege to share the adventures of Sherlock Holmes. I will tell you what happened concerning a certain scandal in Bohemia. Or rather, Holmes's attempt to avert one, in which he nearly lost his reputation over an opera singer. You'll see what I mean in a moment. I've seen little of Holmes lately. My marriage had drifted us away from each other. I was seized with a keen desire to see Holmes again. I went without formality up to the chamber which had formerly been in part my own. And to my embarrassment, found that he was engaged with a client, a man who couldn't have been less than six feet six inches in height, with the chest and limbs of a Hercules. I stammered my apologies and prepared to leave, but Holmes, with as little concern as if I'd been sharing his apartment still, waved me to close the door and, characteristically, set me to work. At last. Watson, kindly look her up in my index. Yes, certainly, sir. Thank you. Pray continue, Your Majesty. Your Majesty? I am the Count von Kahn. I... Your Majesty had not even spoken before I was aware that I was addressing Wilhelm Gertreich Sigismund von Ormstein, Grand Duke of Kassel-Palstein, and hereditary King of Bohemia. You are right, Herr Holmes. I am the King. Then, if your majesty would condescend to state your case... Uh, you understand, I am not accustomed to doing such business in my own person. So, I have uh, come incognito from Prague for the purpose of consulting you. Then pray consult. But first of all, let us elucidate one point. The friend who has become involved with this woman, Irene Adler... Is, uh, myself. Precisely. Herr uh, Holmes, uh, the circumstances are of great delicacy. It is necessary to take every precaution to avoid an immense scandal. Quite so. Watson? Ah, yes, Holmes. Here we are. Um, Adler, Irene, born New Jersey, 1858. The principal soprano, La Scala Milan. Prima Donna, Imperial Opera of Warsaw, retired from operatic stage, now living in London. Your Majesty, as I understand, became entangled with this young person, wrote her some compromising letters, and is now desirous of getting them back. Uh, precisely. Was there a secret marriage? Any legal undertaking? Uh, nothing of the sort. Then how can she prove the authenticity of the letters? My handwriting. Oh, forgery. Uh, my private notepaper. Stolen. My seal. Imitated. Uh, my photograph. Bob. We were both in the photograph. Oh, dear. That is very bad. I was mad. Insane. It was five years ago when I was only conference. It must be recovered. It must. 
I hear your majesty must be prepared to pay whatever she is asking. She will not sell. Your majesty, what does she propose to do with the photograph? Do rule me, of course. Oh, surely you know I, I am about to be married. Oh, uh... To Clotilde, Lotman von Saxmengen, second daughter of the king of Scandinavia. You may know the strict principles of her family. A shadow of doubt over my conduct would bring the matter to an end. And Irene Adler? <laughs> Rather than I should marry another woman, there are no lengths to which she will not go. On Monday, my betrothal is to be proclaimed. On that day also, the photograph will reach my fiancée's hand. Monday? <laughs> Your Majesty will, of course, remain in London. I should be all anxiety. Then, as to money... Uh, there are 300 pounds in gold and 700 pounds in notes. Ah, thank you, Your Majesty. Here is your receipt. Uh, thank you. Uh, by the way, what is the size of this photograph? Size? Uh, well, it is as large. I, I think you say uh, a cabinet? Just so. And Mademoiselle's address? Uh, uh, Brioni Lodge. Brioni Lodge. Serpentine Avenue. Serpentine Avenue. St. John's Wood. St. John's Wood. Hmm. Thank you. Then good night, Your Majesty. Good night, Sir Holmes. I trust that we shall soon have good news for you. Holmes had no difficulty in persuading me to throw in my lot with him, as a result of which I was seated in his parlor all the following afternoon, waiting vainly for him to meet me there as arranged. It wasn't until four o'clock that the parlor door opened and admitted a drunken-looking groom with an inflamed side-whiskered face and disreputable sable clothes. I was about to expostulate when the groom suddenly burst out laughing. <laughs> oh, dear me, Watson, what an angry face. Oh, Holmes. You. You'll never guess what I've been doing. <laughs> I can't imagine. Ah, there's a wonderful sympathy and freemasonry among horsey men. Make them think you're one of them, and you will soon find out all there is to know. Well, <laughs> I've been lending a helping hand to some of the ostlers of Serpentine News in John's Wood. Ah. Yes. In exchange for rubbing down a few horses, I received the sum of tuppence, a glass of half and half, two fills of shag tobacco and as much information as I could desire about Miss Irene Adler. Bravo, Holmes. Uh, what about her, then? Oh, she's turned all the men's heads down in that part. Daintiest thing under a bonnet on this planet, they say. She lives quietly, sings at concerts, drives out at five every day, and returns at seven sharp for dinner. She has only one male visitor that he calls every day. He's dark, dashing, and handsome, and he's a lawyer of the inner temple named Godfrey Morton. What's Norton got to do with the case? Ah, that's what I was asking myself when the gentleman himself drove up in a hansom and got down at Bryony Lodge. He appeared to be in a great hurry, shouted to the cab to wait, ran to the door, and brushed past the maid with the air of a man who was thoroughly at home there. Perhaps she's his name. After half an hour, out he dashed again. I quickly got near enough to hear him tell his cabby to drive like the devil to St. Monica's Church in the Edgware Road. Well, off they raced, and almost immediately... A neat little landlord came up to the front door with a coachman with his coat only half-buttoned with his tie under his ear, as though he'd had only about 30 seconds in which to get ready. And then, Watson, the front door opened again, 
And out she came. Uh, Holmes, um... I only caught a moment's glimpse, but she was a lovely woman, Watson, with a face that a man might die for. <coughs> yes. Well, she ran out in as great haste as her visitor before her. Well, you don't mean to say... Yes, that. off they tore for the Church of St. Monica's. Yes. But this was too good to miss. Luckily for me, just then another cab came into the street. The driver looked twice at such a shabby fare as myself. As well but I offered him double the fare if he could get me to St. Monica's in time. Yeah. That made up his mind for him, and I don't think I've ever had a faster drive. <laughs> Great heavens, Holmes. This beats the bad. At any rate, they beat me. Uh, the cab and the landlord were outside the church door when I arrived. I paid my man and hurried into the church. There, in front of the altar, stood three people. The two I'd followed, and a surplus clergyman who seemed to be arguing with them. Uh, Suddenly, one of them spotted me, and all three turned round. Mm -hmm. To my surprise, Mr. Godfrey Norton came hurrying towards me. Oh, thank heavens. You do. Uh, come. What? Uh, come along. Why? Uh, uh, What's up? Oh, come on, man. Don't stand there gaping. There's only three minutes, or he won't be legal. Come again? Well, the vicar wouldn't marry us without a witness. Well, now you're here, we've got one. Come along. Oh, all right, Gov, if you say so. So, imagine me, Watson, having to stand there in this get-up and mumble responses. (laughs) Yes, and bunch for all sorts of things I knew nothing about. And generally assist in the secure tying up of Irene Adler Spinster to Godfrey Norton Bessler. (laughs) Oh, Holmes, Holmes, I I don't give him anything to me, sir. (laughs) You see that? Well, yes. It's the sovereign the bride gave me for my pain. Yeah. I mean to wear it on my watch chain in memory of the occasion. <laughs> All the same, Watson. This seemed to menace my plans seriously. <laughs> quite, quite. It took us that the couple might make an immediate departure, which would take them out of my reach. Mm. However, they separated at the church door. Separated? Yes. He ordered his cab to the temple, and I heard her tell him she would drive in the park at five as usual. Then she drove off home again. Extraordinary way to go on. Perhaps. At all events, this sudden marriage means that we cannot afford to wait longer before we act. Now, I shall want your cooperation this evening. Do I, Jim? By the by, do you mind breaking the law? You know me, Holmes. Anything for a good cause. Oh, the cause is excellent. Now, it's nearly five. When Miss Irene, or rather Madame, returns from her drive at seven, we must be at Briony Lodge to meet her. What, then? You must leave that to me. I've already arranged what is to occur. You must not interfere, come what may. You understand that? I am to be neutral. To do nothing whatever. There will probably be some small unpleasantness. Ah. Do not join in. Oh. You will see me being conveyed into the house. Conveyed? Yes. Four or five minutes afterwards, the sitting room window will open... And you are to stake yourself close to it. Yes, sir. You'll be able to see me clearly. Now, you're to watch me. Yes, yes, Holmes, yes. When I raise my hand so... So, yes, sir. You will throw this object into the room and shout fire for all your worth. Ah. What, um... What is it, Holmes? It it looks like a a cigar. (laughs) Rather a formidable weed, my dear doctor. No, it's an ordinary plumber's smoke rocket... Fitted with a cap at either end to make itself lighting. See? Yes, I see. Your task is confined to that alone. 
when you raise your cry of fire, it'll be taken up by quite a number of people. Yeah. You may then walk to the end of the street, and I will rejoin you in ten minutes. I hope I've made everything clear. Allow me, Holmes. Especially in these parts. Guardsmen, nursemaids, ideas, a bit of everything. Mm, a microcosm of our poor world, my dear sir. Never mind, Ben Watson. Concentrate on trying to deduce where that photograph is hidden. Yeah, well, indeed, Holmes. Perhaps she carries it on her. Now, uh, come to think of it, the king said it was cabinet size, much too big to carry about. He's had her waylaid twice. Could always happen again. I know. She's put it in the hands of her banker or her lawyer. I doubt it. Women are naturally secretive, and they like to do their own secreting. Well, she could trust herself to look after it, but who knows what influence the king might manage to bring to bear on her men of business. Besides, she's resolved to use it within a few days. It must be where she can lay her hands on it. Her house? Oh, it's been burgled twice. They didn't know how to look. How will you look, Holmes? I will not look. I will get her to show me. She won't be able to. See, yes, her carriage. Now remember your instructions, Watson. Do nothing at all until your cue. All right, Holmes. Look, look, those loungers are going to open the carriage door for us. They're trying to push each other away. Holmes, this is going to be a fight. Oh, dear me, dear me. The poor lady will be just as fine as protector. Please, may I say? Get out of the way, get out of the way. Please, wait, you hear my men? Keep back from this lady. Oh, you now, please. Kindly show respect for my cloth. Never mind your cloth, you watch your nose. Oh, Is the poor old gentleman not hurt? He's dead. No. No, no, there's life in him. Oh, he's a brave fellow. They'd have had that lady's purse and watch if it hadn't been for him. They were a gang and a rough one, too. Oh, well, he can't lie in the street. May we bring him in, ma'am? Surely. Bring him into the sitting room. Oh. There is a comfortable sofa. Oh. This way, please. Oh, come on, come on. Come on, mate. Oh, dear me. Dear me. Are you feeling any better now? I, I, my nose, if only I could breathe. Perhaps the the window open. Oh, yes, of course. I hope that will make it easier for you. Just let me look now. Oh, what? Merciful heaven behind you. Smoke. Smoke. your valuables. It is of the utmost importance that you... Oh! I believe there's no danger after all. None? Then what? Some child's game misfired, I think. There's some sort of firework rocket that has chance to come through your window. See, there. I've managed to extinguish it. I see. It's all right, my friend. The fire is out. No cause for alarm. Oh, dear me, dear me. So much excitement. I do believe, though, it has made me 
quite forget my own discomfort. Yes, it, the pain is gone now. I will trouble your hospitality no further, dear. Oh, well, then I shall... No, be... no, no. I can find my own way, thank you. A good evening to you, madam. A very good evening. Good evening. You did it very nicely, my dear doctor. Very nicely indeed. You got the photograph then, Holmes? I know where it is. How did you find out? She showed me. I told you she would. Oh, come on, Holmes. You know I'm waiting to hear. <laughs> well, to begin with, you realized that all those people in the street were engaged by me for the evening. Yes, I had guessed as much. When they started their quarrel, I rushed forward, fell down, and became a piteous spectacle. I should think so. You, you were bleeding. Oh, I had a little moist red paint in my hand to tap onto my face. Oh. It's an old trick. Oh. Holmes, I saw that myself, but later you... Ah, later they carried me in as instructed. They laid me on a couch in her sitting room. In the sitting room, mark you, which was the room I had suspected all along. Yes, yes. And when I gasped for air, she had to open the window, giving you your chance. Yes, yes, but how did that help you? It was all important. When a woman thinks her house is on fire, her instinct is to rush to the thing she values most. Mm. Our heroine today responded beautifully. She rushed for her most precious possession at this time, that photograph. Where was it? In the recess behind the sliding panel, just above the right-hand bell pull. I caught a glimpse of it as she half blew it out. When I shouted out that the fire was a false alarm, she put it back hastily, and I left. Well, why on earth didn't you grab it down then? A little over-precipitance might have ruined everything. Besides... It might be a satisfaction to his majesty to get it back with his own hands. We'll call there with him tomorrow. We'll be shown into the sitting room to wait for the lady. But it's probable that when she comes in, she may find neither us nor the photograph. We'll be there at eight in the morning. She won't be up, so we shall have a clear field. Ah, oh, now, here's our door, Watson. Oh, got your key? Yes, yes. Good night, Mr. Sherlock Holmes. What? Who was that? Well, that boy. I've heard that voice before. I wonder who the deuce it could have been. You've uh, really got hopes, Herr Holmes. I have hopes. Uh, then come, I, I am all impatient to hear. Your Majesty, Irene Adler is married. Married? When? Yes. Eh, she married an English lawyer named Morton. But, but but she could not love him. I'm in hopes that she does. In hopes that she... Why? Because it would spare your majesty all fear of future annoyance. If the lady loves her husband, she does not love your majesty. If she doesn't love your majesty, there is no reason why she should interfere in your majesty's plan. Yes, it is true. And yet not to love me. Oh, well... Uh... She was not at my own station. <laughs> oh, but had she been so, what a queen she would have made. Is this the place? Yes, indeed, Your Majesty. This is Brownie Lodge. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, good morning. We've called to Mr. see Mr. Sherlock Holmes, I believe. 
Yes, I... I am, Mr. Holmes. My mistress told me you were likely to call. She left this morning with her husband. Left? By the 5.15 train from Charing Cross. For the continent. Do you mean to say that she has left England? Never to return, sir. Holmes, Holmes, the, the papers. We must search. Step aside, my good woman. We demand you pass in. My instructions were to let you do so, gentlemen. What? Then it means that... All is lost. I think we'll go in all the same, if you please. Certainly, sir. You are free to examine anything you wish, gentlemen. Thank you. If you will just ring when you are ready to leave. Very well. What's the use, Holmes? She'll have taken the picture with her. I fear so. But we'd better see for ourselves. Now, this is the sitting room. I'm ruined. Ruined. Here is the panel. I think she operated it so. Empty? No. No? There are... Ah, there's a, a letter addressed to me. And... And a photograph. Photograph? Let me see. Is it the one? I'm afraid not. Show me. It is herself. Alone. I do not understand. Uh, Holmes, I wish to know the meaning of this. Your Majesty is no more in the dark than I. Perhaps the contents of this letter may afford some illumination. <laughs> I think I'd better let it tell you in its own words. Listen. My dear Mr. Sherlock Holmes, you really, really did, did it very well. well. You took me in completely until after the alarm of fire I had not a suspicion. But then when I found how I'd given myself away, I began to think. You see... I've been warned against you months ago. I've been told that if the king employed an agent, it would most certainly be you. And yet, you made me reveal what you wanted to know. How could I be suspicious of such a dear, kind old clergyman? But you know, I've been trained as an actor myself. Male costume is nothing new to me. I often take advantage of the freedom it gives, so I keep a suit of boys' clothing handy. The moment you had left, I put it on and hurried after you. And so, I was able to follow you to your door and discover that I rarely was an object of interest to the celebrated Mr. Sherlock Holmes. It was rather imprudent of me, I suppose, but I just could not resist passing and wishing you good night. When he heard my news, my husband agreed that the best plan would be to fly from so formidable an antagonist. So, you will find the nest empty when you call. As to the photograph, your client may rest in peace. I've even set another photograph which you might care to possess. I love and am loved by a better man than he. And I remain, dear Mr. Sherlock Holmes, very truly yours, Irene Norton, nay Adler. Oh, what a woman. 
What a woman! Did I not tell you how quick and resolute she was? Would she not have been an admirable queen? Is it not a pity she was not on my level? From what I have seen of the lady, she seems indeed to be on a very different level from your majesty. What is it? I am sorry I have not been able to bring your majesty's business to a more successful conclusion. On the contrary, my dear sir, nothing could be more successful. I know she will keep her word. The photograph is as safe now as if it were in the fire. I am glad to hear your majesty say so. I am immensely indebted to you, Herr Holmes. Then there is no more to be done in the matter. I have the honor to wish you a very good morning. Come, Watson. No doubt your relish for all that is bizarre and outside the conventions will move you to chronicle this little adventure for your admiring public. <laughs> you just see him. You try to stop me. Oh, I shouldn't dream of it, my dear fellow. But be sure to tell them how the best plans of Sherlock Holmes were beaten by a woman's wit. And that he, who used to make merry over the cleverness of women, will think twice before he does so in future. You understand, Watson? Perfectly, One of the many stories of Sherlock Holmes written by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. My name, my, my real name, is Norman Shelley. My old friend Carlton Hobbs played Sherlock Holmes. I was Dr. Watson. The script for this BBC production from London was by Michael Hardwick. And, of course, I look forward to the pleasure of your company again soon for more of the adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Create history with every stride at the LNT Sea Bridge Marathon. A unique opportunity for runners to conquer a course over the sea at the LNT Sea Bridge Marathon. A breathtaking 42-kilometer route on India's longest sea bridge. The Atal Bihari Vajpayee, Suri Nava Sheva Atal Setu. On 18th February, LNT Sea Bridge Marathon. In association with MMRDA and the Times of India. Medical partner, Zainova Shalbi Multi-Specialty Hospital. Protein partner, Way 91.